This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. How hot is too hot for the human body to function as it should? A recent study found that a combination of heat and humidity has a much greater impact on the body than previously thought. We'll talk to an expert. Previous studies suggested that the upper limit would be 95 degrees Fahrenheit with 100% humidity. But our studies have suggested that the upper limit is lower than that. Then, parents play a vital role in the development of children. How can a parent unlock their child's potential? And how did the pandemic affect the parent-child relationship? At this moment in time, we invest almost nothing in early child care and education and in parents. And that's what I really want to see changed. Those two stories and more are ahead on this week's show. Stay with us. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. High heat and humidity not only feel unpleasant, the combination can limit the function of the body. InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco talks to a researcher who measured the limits of heat and humidity on human performance. Gina? Thanks, Chris. Joining us now is Dr. Tony Wolf, postdoctoral scholar at Penn State University. He managed an experiment to determine what combinations of temperature and humidity begin to become harmful for even the healthiest of people. Dr. Wolf, you say that heat and humidity can get dangerous faster than scientists previously believed. So what temperature and humidity do you now consider to be dangerous? Previous studies suggested that the upper limit would be 95 degrees Fahrenheit with 100% humidity. But our studies have suggested that the upper limit for maintenance of a stable body temperature is more like 88 degrees Fahrenheit at 100% humidity. And that's in warm, humid environments. But in hot, dry environments, it's actually a bit lower than that. And how do you define heat stress? Heat stress is essentially when the ambient temperature and humidity is hotter than your internal temperature and that causes your body to heat up. So there's passive heat stress where you're just at rest and then there's active heat stress where you may be exercising or performing physical activity, both of which cause your body to heat up and that causes other responses within your body to kind of compensate for that. Now, your group studied heat stress on healthy young men and women, and they were in a chamber simulating daily activities like cooking or eating. So what happened to these men and women internally when you started turning up the thermostat in the chamber? Yeah, our bodies are able to maintain a stable temperature across a pretty wide range of environments. And so what we do is we start with an environment that we know our bodies will be able to compensate for, And then we start to ramp either the temperature or the humidity until we see the body temperature start to rise. And we're specifically measuring the internal body temperature or core temperature. And so that's what we're looking for is that point at which the body temperature starts to rise. And do I understand correctly that our skin actually needs to be cooler than our core to allow us to cool down? Yes. One of our responses is that we deliver blood out to the skin and that helps to cool the blood that then gets sent back to the core. And so if the ambient environment is cooler than our skin even, then it kind of keeps our skin cooler and allows blood to cool more efficiently. And how did you determine that the 88 degree level was the bad level? 
Yeah, our bodies are able to maintain a stable temperature across a pretty wide range of environments. And so what we do is we start with an environment that we know our bodies will be able to compensate for. And then we start to ramp either the temperature or the humidity until we see the body temperature start to rise. And we're specifically measuring the internal body temperature or core temperature. And so that's what we're looking for is that point at which the body temperature starts to rise. So in the more warm, humid environments, that's kind of where, as we're ramping the temperature in the environmental chamber, that 88 degree temperature is where we saw internal body temperatures start to rise continuously, suggesting that there may be increased risk of heat-related illness with prolonged exposures to that degree of heat stress. And when the body is hot in that nature that you just talked about, what does the heart have to do and how does it affect our heart? Yeah, that's a great question. So like I mentioned previously, we deliver blood out to the skin to cool the blood as it goes through the skin and then gets sent back to our core to keep our core cooler. And what happens is as we're delivering more of that blood out to the periphery that way, our heart has to work harder in order to pump all that blood and continue to recycle it through the body. Yeah, the heart works harder, and so eventually it kind of creates quite a bit of cardiovascular strain. In addition to that, the longer we're exposed to that heat stress, if we become dehydrated, we have less blood volume, so the heart has to work even harder still to deliver all that blood. Is that when you get heat stroke? Heat stroke is a very specific condition that's associated typically with an internal body temperature of 104 degrees Fahrenheit or hotter and with neurological dysfunction. So that sometimes occurs in this case, but very commonly older adults and other vulnerable populations that may have weakened cardiovascular system to start with, that increased cardiovascular strain can actually cause them to succumb to the heat stress without heat stroke, per se. We're visiting with Dr. Tony Wolf, a Penn State University postdoctoral scholar, about recent research on how much heat and humidity is dangerous for people. Doctor, what is the takeaway from your experiment related to climate change? Yeah, so the main takeaway is that the kind of upper limit for the maintenance of a stable body temperature is lower than that previously theorized upper limit of adaptability of 95 degrees Fahrenheit with a 100% humidity. In the context of climate change, it suggests that it's kind of a now problem rather than a future problem. Drill down on that. What do you mean by it's a now problem? Well, the temperatures associated with that continuous rise in body temperature that we saw in our study, we're seeing those kinds of temperatures around the planet currently. So in the context of climate change, it's going to get worse, but we're already starting to kind of approximate those temperatures that may be associated with increased risk. And again, these are in young, healthy people. So it kind of represents the best case scenario in older adults or people with certain disease states. Those kind of critical temperatures are even lower than the ones that we showed in this study. Doctor, we have many parents who listen to this show. Are children just as susceptible to heat stress as adults? Children are a lot more vulnerable in that they often aren't in as much control of their environment. So it's really important to make sure to keep an eye on them and help them stay cool just the same as adults. 
And are people able to acclimate to higher temperatures and avoid heat stress, or is that mostly a myth? No, that's true. There are biological adaptations that occur to repeated heat exposure. And so it takes about two weeks of repeated days of heat exposure to kind of see all of those adaptations. And so those critical environmental limits that we saw in our study would be shifted upward a little bit for people who are acclimated. And finally, doctor, there are some trends these days. Some people do the so-called hot yoga, or in Bikram, they do 26 poses in 105-degree heat, perhaps with 40% humidity, for 90 minutes. Do you have an opinion on whether these people should either get a doctor's approval for either of these or something else, or avoid it, perhaps? Some people may need a doctor's approval depending on their health status, of course, how fit they are, their kind of experience with that type of yoga. Very young, healthy, fit people would likely be fine in that kind of environment for that duration of time. Like I said, these limits that we're discussing in our study, they increase risk of heat-related illness with really prolonged exposures, so generally a few hours or more in young, healthy people. Dr. Tony Wolf of Penn State University, thank you so much for sharing your study with us. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. Next, the critical role parents play with their kids. That story, coming up. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this. 